We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. In May of 2001, Gracia Burnham's faith was severely tested and tried when she and her husband Martin were taken as hostages in the Philippines. If you missed out on her riveting testimony, you'll certainly want to tune into In the Presence of My Enemies, Part 1. Today, we're excited to continue our conversation with Gracia. So, when you look back at your experience in captivity, uh, how do you feel it sh- God shaped your faith and character through it? Well, um, <laughs> I think before our captivity, I was a very black and white person. Um, I never would have said it to you, <laughs> but if you were having a hard time in my heart, I think I would have said, what's wrong with that person? Why can't they just get their act together and trust God and go on? You know, I wouldn't have said it. I would have said something really nice. But I was very self-righteous inside. Um, And even that I tried to keep well hidden, right? Right. And then I found myself at the bottom. And I saw God's grace to me when I saw my sin. Everything sinful in me just raised to the surface and came it was shocking and I and Martin talked about it as well he said one day we were just sitting down resting during our hiking and he said you know Gracia while we've been in the jungle I've seen hatred I've seen bitterness I've seen greed I've seen he started naming all these sins and I Mm -hmm. thought he was talking about the Abu Sayyaf and I was agreeing with him right (laughs) Uh, yep I They're dirty rats. I see it, too. And he said, I've seen every single one of those things in myself. Mm -hmm. And it just brought me up short. And now I I am so much more able to see the the struggles of others and the the even the sin of others and be sympathetic to them um, and not be so hard on people. And uh, I was always a a mom who was pushing. I wanted a perfect family, right? We (laughs) homeschooled so we didn't have to send our kids away to a boarding school. And I was always push, push, pushing my children to be perfect and um, do their work perfect. And and then had this thing happen to me that taught me about myself and... Mm -hmm. I got home and um, was helping my kids through life. And one day my son, Zach, had a bunch of his friends over and they were down in the basement goofing around. And I came down the basement stairs just in time to hear him say, the best thing that ever happened to me was my mom getting taken hostage. Mm -hmm. And I said, Zachary. And he looked over, he said, oh, 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 Mom, you know what I mean, right? And I did. I knew what he meant. He got a new mother. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. out of that trial, uh, the mother that was always pushing and and not happy with them mm-hmm. came home, and then I was happy with them, and um, I just had a different parenting style, just um, trying to bless them, and I didn't care if their room was messy when they went to school. I wanted them not to have a messy heart. I wanted their heart to be pure when they went to school. That was the important thing, not the outward stuff that we just tend to focus on. Uh, You you want your your inward man to be renewed. Right. Right. There's so much beauty in brokenness when we're walking with the Lord. I love how he's able to just purge things away. And, Amen. And that gives us hope in the trial. <laughs> Amen. It mm-hmm. does. He changes us. And um, wouldn't it be sad to go through a trial and not be changed for mm-hmm. good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wouldn't yeah. that be sad? Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. As you were readjusting to life in the States and life without Martin, what were some of the most helpful things that your family and Christ did to encourage you? Mm. Um, I think it was surrounding me with um, believers, people who knew the Lord and people who knew how to encourage me. I shouldn't have said that. A lot of times people don't know how to encourage someone who's going through a hard time. Mm -hmm. But if they'll just come up and say, I'm praying for you. I love you, and I'm praying for you. And I heard that so many times. I heard it so many times that I thought, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. Look at all these people who are praying for me. Um, And for me, I found out it wasn't just my little local body you know it wasn't just my church in rose hill kansas it was the body of christ the the big church i i found out that there were people all over the world that had been praying for us and who cared and i got so many wonderful notes and um and just people saying, you know, it became such a habit to pray for you while you were in the jungle. We're just going to keep praying for you because you come to our mind all the time. And um, just having the body come alongside and and people just saying, you know, um, if if you need something, let me know. You know, we can't we can't read your mind. We don't know what you need. But if you do need something, you let us know and we'll help you. That was so kind. One of the many ways your testimony has challenged us is in the area of forgiveness. Mm. Sadly, there's so many of us, even as Christians, that can be easily offended or hold grudges over trivial things. Mm. You and Martin faced such incoherent evil. Mm. Um, Paul and I went through your book in the presence of my enemies. And we remember you talked about an incident where one of your captors, a teenage soldier threw rocks at you. Mm. Mm -hmm. And yet later when he was ill 
and in a very helpless position, God gave you a heart of compassion to take mm. care of his needs. Mm. And since your release, your story has certainly not been one of bitterness. Mm. Are there any particular passages from the Bible or truths about Christ that empowered you to forgive your offenders? Hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think God put that forgiveness in my heart because, um, when we were first taken, I knew that Jesus said to forgive your enemies. I knew that. And, um, I would think, okay, I'm going to forgive these guys. And then we would go through a village and they would chop a guy's head off. Mm. And I would think, forgive them. No, they don't deserve it. They're dirty rats. And it would start all over again, this cycle. Mm. And at one point, I just asked God to change me, um, put forgiveness in my heart because I didn't have it in my flesh to forgive because I always failed in my flesh. And I think God put forgiveness in my heart. And I think forgiveness is different from, um, have you heard of the Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah. When when you're taken hostage and um, it's this thing that, a psychological thing that happens to you and you start to take on the grievances of the people holding you because they're the ones caring for you and giving you food. And, and we did see that happening to us. Um, that Stockholm syndrome really does happen. And we would talk about it every few days. Martin would say, okay, who are the good guys? The good guys are the ones shooting at us in a gun battle. Who are the bad guys? The bad guys are the ones here who are giving us food and shielding us in a gun battle because it kind of all got mixed up. But I think there's a difference when God does something and puts forgiveness in your heart, um, I think he does it really well. And um, I saw him doing that for us. And I've forgotten the question. You were asking about Ahmad. Uh, where was I going with that? Well, I've forgotten was the question. Was there any the scriptures that kind of helped you oh, in your forgiveness? Yes. Thank you. No <laughs> I was getting to that. Oh, good grief. Um <laughs> There, one day, I thought about a scripture that I I still haven't written a paper on it. That's how I really learn things, is I sit down and I write a paper on this. Jesus said something startling. He said, if you don't forgive your enemy, um, if you don't forgive those who trespass against you, I will not forgive you. How, what is that verse? Um, well, I can't remember that one exactly, which is the one that bugs me a lot. Um, if you don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. And then in the Lord's Prayer, which Martin and I would recite quite often, um, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Mm. And I know that God's forgiveness isn't conditional, right? Jesus, when he died, took all our sin on himself. And our forgiveness does not depend on anything we do. I know that salvation is a free gift. 
that there are some places in Scripture that say some very startling things Mm -hmm. about our responsibility to forgive others. And, and I think we love to hang on to our, our pet sins, or, or I shouldn't say that because some people have gone through things so grievous that only an, an act of God could bring forgiveness to their hearts because mm-hmm. they've suffered such unimaginable things that I've never had to suffer. Mm-hmm. I just think it all comes down to saying, okay, God, um, this is too big for me. Would you do it? And he does it. He left the Holy Spirit to do those things in our hearts for us. Mm -hmm. Well said. (laughs) So what advice would you give our listeners who are going through, uh, you know, dark times right now or kind of facing despair in their lives? Uh, I guess I would tell them, um, let God do his work in you. (laughs) Let God do what he took you into this hard thing to do. And I, I really do think that, um, God takes us into hard things. I had a man tell me one day, um, God never intended for you to be taken hostage. God never intended for Martin to die. He allowed that to happen, and now you just are, you know, making lemonade out of lemons. And I thought, you know what? I don't think that's what I believe. Mm. I think God takes us down this path, and he knows what's good for us. And I don't think... He sits and wrings his hands. Oh, Martin and Grace have been taken hostage. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he has a plan for us. And somehow his plan is good, even if right now it doesn't look like it to me. Um, we all face dark hours. And, um, you know, the hard things are guaranteed, Jesus says, in this world you will face tribulation. That was a promise, yeah. but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And I, I really love that about him. He's overcome all this craziness, and he has a plan with things. And I look back, and I, I see how our captivity changed things for people. You know, in our family, everybody had to come to grips with what had happened to Martin. Um, in in our mission organization, everybody had to think, oh, am I committed to this tribal group of people? Am I going to stay here in this dangerous situation or not? It's mm-hmm. like God did huge things in all these hearts, and uh, I just trust him with it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about uh, your current ministry that you're working on? Mm. Yeah, I I travel and speak a whole lot. Um, I got home from the jungle, and of course there were all the media outlets that mm. that wanted to talk to me, and someone uh, very wise had told me, Gracia, you have a platform." 
you can say anything you want, and all these media outlet wants media outlets want is a little sound bite from you so they've done their job well. If you can tell a story and give God glory in it, look what look what you've done. So I would carry around little three by five cards with little stories of uh, how God kept us or whatever, just pointing people to him. And that kind of became a habit. And then people started inviting me to speak at things, churches and events. And so I just kind of expanded my stories, just made them a bit longer and just try to give God glory. And I get invited to all sorts of things, um, Christian things and not Christian things. And I just try to always point people to the Lord. I got home the other day from the airport. I spend a lot of time on the road and I was telling uh, my daughter and son-in-law about the Uber driver and how we'd been talking about the Lord because they always want to know where I've been. And mm-hmm. and um, my son-in-law said, Mom, do you realize that every time you come home, you have a story about how you've talked with an Uber driver about Jesus? <laughs> he said, I think your ministry is to Uber drivers. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, God gives me all sorts of things to do while I travel and speak. And, you know, the person next to you on the airplane, uh, it's been really good. Good. Oh, that yeah. is wonderful. <laughs> well, we heard that you also have uh, a ministry to those who are in prison in the Philippines, those Abu Sayyid. Ah. Oh, yes. That was kind of just handed to me. You know, when the Lord does something good, it just happens. And um, uh, several years ago, our foundation, well, that's another part of my ministry. When I got home from the jungle, people um, often in these little sympathy cards I talked about, Mm -hmm. there was money in there. And I didn't know what to do with the money. It was a lot of money. And someone wise said, Gracious, start a foundation. When people give you money, Put it in the pot, and you can give to whatever God burdens your heart with. So I did. I I started a foundation, and we've given well over a million dollars, and it's just people who have given me money for one thing or another. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the projects our foundation did was we printed a set of comic books, 13 comic books, on the lives of the prophets, those men that Muslims believe to be prophets, Mm -hmm. you know, Adam, Abraham, Moses, Elijah, David, on through Jesus. And we printed them in the language that many of the Abu Sayyaf spoke in hopes that they would read these comic books. And the comic books made their way into a prison. Some people that worked in the prison, um, contacted me and said, Gracia, we're meeting these guys. They found out Gracia Burnham printed these comic books. They're coming to us saying, we're former Abu Sayyaf. We're the ones who held Martin and Gracia uh, captive. And I said, you know, ask those guys their names. Maybe I know them. And here came the names. Of course, people we knew, um, people who'd held us for over a year, 
23 or so names of guys. And the kids and I had been praying for the men who held us captive, Mm -hmm. praying for God to do something in their hearts or maybe give us some contact with them. And here God had just plopped it in our laps with these comic books. So that began this um, me being involved in this ministry in the prison that I didn't know anything about. And, of course, it's not me doing the work. I just kind of fund some of the work. And um, so far, word is, so far, five of those guys have come to know Jesus as their Savior. Wow. Amen. Praise um, the Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah, God does good things. And um, maybe it took Martin's death to work in some hearts of some former Abu Sayyaf mm-hmm. guys, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the length of our captivity. Because sometimes we think, you know, this this trial, it's lasting too long. Um that's why I used to say to God, you know, God, how long does this have to go on, this trial? And I think the length of it even worked in some Abu Sayyaf hearts because we were around them longer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So how can we pray for you in these future days? Mm. Um, well... I I often feel like, um, probably to other people, I feel like I have things together and I have a plan and and uh, things are going real great. When I'm laying in bed in the morning, I think, um, uh, I wonder if I'm doing the right thing today. I wonder if this is even what I'm supposed to be doing. Do I have the strength for today? Mm. Um, and I... I just wonder if people could pray that I trust the Lord every day with my day, right? Um, we we can make a mess of our days or uh, spend them frivolously. Um, so we really want to seek God's heart when we plan our days and our months and our years. And right, um, yeah, if you would pray that way for me that. I'll seek his face, and if I'm going the wrong direction, that I'll um, that I'll really be sensitive and do what he calls me to do. Well, Thank you. Oh, <laughs> we certainly will be praying. Yeah, that's something that we we really all need to be praying. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, Gracia, thank you for your powerful testimony of gratitude and courage and hope in Christ. You've you've really inspired us to serve the Lord with gladness. Oh, thank you, Tabitha. You know, th- that's what testimonies do, isn't it? Yeah. You hear someone's uh, testimony of their journey with the Lord and how God has met them and changed them, and it just really encourages you. And um, I'm glad, I'm glad that, this story's done the same in your heart. Mm. I love that when it happens to me. Mm. <laughs> well, the Lord yeah. loves you, and so do we. We will be keeping oh. you in our prayers. Thank you. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, 
hidden treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org.